This is the Epilog Audio Experience. The language and content on this podcast may be unsuitable for certain audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to History Chatter. I propose in this episode to speak about badminton. In fact, I'll be speaking about the early history of badminton in America, in New York as a matter of fact. In 1928, the badminton club of New York had turned 50 and uh, there was a detailed report at the time in the respected uh, American uh, periodical New Yorker. I'll come to that in a while. But um, what was badminton doing in New York in 1870s? That makes for an interesting story in itself as the club itself uh, says in its website that the first rules of badminton club of the city of New York were copied from those of the Ahmedabad Badminton Club of India as played in 1874 The Badminton Club of the City of New York was founded during the winter of uh, 1878 by two young world travelers Bad Clark and his friend E.K. Wilkes and They were sisters, Lily Clark and Catherine and Alice Wilkes. Now they did it um, in part for their love of sport, and in part to relieve the dullness of the Lenten season. From the very beginning, the badminton club of New York was as much a social um, institution as it was a sporting institution. What was revolutionary at the time? was the fact that these young men actually included women in a sport and remember we are talking about 1878 so there were these original five members and later three young gentlemen came up john aspinwell hadden and his brother alexander mad hadden and also matthew astor wilkes now these eight invited their friends and relatives to join and obtain the patronage of prominent society matrons the first meeting of the club was held in uh, the 71st regiment armory at the corner of broadway and 34th street now an armory was uh, the ideal place uh, to hold a meeting such as that because of the amount of available space and the high vaulted ceilings active daytime activities were centered around uh, 21st to 34th streets during that era the lady shopping mile and the theater district were within those environs as new york moved uptown so did the location of the badminton games we do know about the founders of the club but we do not know um, much detail about too many early members we know that the leading debutants of the season were invited to the first session of the games flowers were in profusion and tea was served by sherries 
The young gentleman founders very early on um, stated a preference for pretty unmarried girls. So what had been a revolutionary sporting event clearly had social implications. The club was very soon covered on the sports pages, in the society columns, and in general feature articles in newspapers and magazines on changing lifestyles and new trends. So that's how the American badminton or the badminton club of New York was born and flourished. And that's how it carried on for the next 50 years. In March 1928, on um, Saturday afternoon, um, two reporters from the New Yorker proceeded, um, as they said, through two inches of slush upon the 12th Regiment Armory. Once inside, they found the badminton club. And uh, people were busy playing badminton, alternately drinking tea and playing badminton. By then, they had collected 50 years of tradition. Um, they had allowed smoking inside the club now, but that was about the only innovation in years. The visual background was a dull room floor, um, arc lights and military equipment including a fleet of motor lorries. But these were incidentals. Badminton has its root deep in New York society by then. And the celebration of Badminton Club's 50th birthday that week rated as a social rather than a sporting event. Now, of course, badminton was played uh, more fun to watch, uh, the reporters thought, than squash, and more fun to play as well. In 1928, there were 14 courts, um, and um, all were in use. Over the five feet nets, the reporters said, the players lobbed and walloped, and sometimes babied the fickle thing, um, the fickle thing was called shuttlecock in England, but it was called a bird in America. The reporters thought it was tennis in a court about one third as big and with a net twice as high. And rackets, which were called bats in England, were so frail that the impact with a tennis ball would demolish them. Now, um, what then happened with tennis and badminton in New York makes for the next part of the story. So seeing a badminton player in action reminded these reporters of uh, the last time they went sweating flies in a big way. So it looked like badminton was like swatting flies. But then, within a few minutes, they were impressed too. And they said, what a lot of neat science and deceit and skill goes into the service. They saw um, Van Winkle, who was at the time the club champion, and he made some overhead smashes. The reporters thought even Bill Tilden 
could not have improved upon those smashes. Obviously, um, the game originated in India and it was played a lot in England and Canada. It went to New York in 1878 and um, over time, Badminton Club was a major host of the festivities around Lent. As I had said, the club was um, the focus or indeed sinusier of the Lent season. For several years initially, there was a tug of war between whether it had to be a sporting club or a social club. And that's how it carried on. There's an amusing um, anecdote here that um, amply reflected this uh, dilemma. So um, the sport was thought too strenuous for ladies of the 80s. But later, slowly and steadily, they took it up. Uh, the ladies wore trains and picture hats at the time. The men played in Prince Albert coats and chokers. That indeed was the uniform for badminton players until about uh, 1900. Uh, in 1900, someone told Lyle Mahan, who was a tennis player, a major tennis player at the time, about Gwelet Gallatin. Gwelet Gallatin was uh, the undefeated champion of the badminton club. Mahan, the tennis player, then made a bet that he could beat Gallatin if they elect him as one of their members. Of course, membership of the club was exclusive. So the badminton club people took up the challenge. They elected Mahan. And at his first appearance on the court, Mahan did something revolutionary. What did he do? He removed his coat and vest. The ladies were shocked and they demanded an apology at once. They didn't get one. And tennis dogs at the time went on to become um, the normal dress for badminton ever since. By the end of the season, Mahan had indeed uh, taken gelatin on and beaten him. Within a season, became the best badminton player in the club. Now that kind of explains why badminton never quite took off in America. It means in America, since the badminton club of New York remained uh, the only one of its kind. So um, Mahan gave up playing a few years ago in the 1920s because nobody could make it more interesting for him. From then onwards, quite obviously, the club uh, kept its membership limited. It initially had a long waiting list. Um, there was then a period of slump. The motor car was discovered and the new fad of going out of town for the weekend took off. People were no longer ready to stay back in New York for their weekend festivities. So by um, the early 20s and early 10s, there were vacancies instead of a waiting list. But 
the club was by the late 1920s on the way towards a revival and there was a slight rise in the number of members. It was at the time run quite autocratically by an executive board of seven who elected their own successors. Members could not simply be put up even for, uh, for choice or election unless they were personally known to these seven members or members of the executive board of the club. So that's about the first 50 years of the badminton club of New York. Badminton went from Ahmedabad to New York entirely by accident, by the dint and enterprise of some globetrotting American socialites, but it did not quite take off and America never quite managed to turn itself into a powerhouse of badminton. Now, History Chatter will of course be back with yet another interesting story from history, stories that's familiar but is not quite. This is your friend Anirban signing off for this week and I'll see you next week with another episode of History Chatter. Oh, 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 oh